Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Guys, I hate to be the one to tell you all this, but I don't know if it's because we're doing time travel and just did Terminator or what, but Terminator's title, one of their title stars had a sibling die this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Linda Hamilton's Linda sister ha- died. How, how could you forget? How I, could you forget? I'm the one that told you. Sure he was. <laughs> I was like, oh, Have we talk, Did we talk about that last episode? Probably. Uh, about how Linda Hamilton's twin sister uh, was an ER nurse in uh, a town very close to me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we'll probably talk about that today. Because today we're watching and discussing... Oh. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Now, here's what I know about Terminator 2. Number one, I know that it's Linda and Lindsay Hamilton. I know that for a fact. That her son Double was her identical twin sister. and That's a weird fact to lead with. I know that. I, I just know that. And I know that I have heard from a lot of people that T2 it might be a better movie than T1. Yeah, I I think that's the general. That's the general. Okay. People. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to lead with that and have you be like, "What the fuck did you get that from, um, Cindy?" If Terminator is more like an action horror film at times, mm-hmm. like a slasher type film, this is less horror and more like action. Action. Um, I think this might have been the first rated R movie I got to see in a movie theater. By the way, guys. That my parents were okay with me seeing. Welcome to our podcast. That's Josh and I'm Cindy. Oh, shit. Do you want to start over? No, we're totally fine. Uh, okay. This is our podcast where we talk about movies. And uh, I have not seen many <laughs> movies. There's a lot of stuff I don't... I'm quite the book nerd. Yeah. Not the uh, the movie nerd. I'm, get, I'm getting better. Yep. So for those of you who are new... Welcome. I know. Um, this is Let's Get My Girlfriend to Death, a podcast where I, Josh... And I, Cindy. Uh, ...show her scary movies along with you in the <laughs> hopes that it kills her, so I will once again be a free man That's to right. roam the wasteland. So, like, this started... Uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown. So, uh, so this started as... because This started out as a podcast because... Josh thought it was my reactions. <clears throat> excuse me, my reactions to these movies are are um, histrionic top. at best. Over the top, <laughs> and so over shit, so over the top. It's like Stallone arm wrestling for the custody and, of his and child. They are gen- they are um, they are genuine. I, I just scare easy. Um, I think we just think when anyone says genuine, genuine. You, how a, do you not a, know genuine was my cousin? <laughs> It's a privilege to be breathing the same air as you, Genuine. Genuine. Anywho. Um, and that's what it started as. And then as we were kind of watching these, um, I guess the scares are still pretty fun uh, for you all. There was a time I passed out. Yeah, but the it, others. it's also kind of becoming, um, I would say I have a better appreciation for a lot of these kind of movies, like things I would never seen otherwise. You know, who would have thought that on a cold uh, rainy Saturday afternoon. I was super excited to watch Chopping Mall, and then I thought, "Ooh, Night Living Dead 2. Like that's that's new. <laughs> that was a new thought that I had. Oh, there's, there's no Night of the Living Dead Part Two. Not, <laughs> See, and this is and this is where it comes from. There's a remake. Sorry, no. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. 
And <laughs> look, I was just excited I had the thought, man. That's I was awesome. just happy about That's 1980s awesome. no. novels. Um, I didn't even know the comet. So if you're keeping score at home, this we, is September, the second week of September. We are firmly in... Um, time travel month of graduate school both of us Mm -hmm. as well as a time travel month of as well as a pandemic um so as well as me going back to into the classroom for the first time in over 100 days if we sound a little off almost 200 days or we're a little we seem a little frazzled or a little all over the place it's because um this is what's become of work yeah this is what's become of us i uh i'm reading about four to five hundred pages a week for school yeah and it is slowly fucking killing me i am having to relearn and learn all the uh micro muscles and and things like that that go into reading like actually the idea of you know symbol and anywho there's a whole thing about by the way the alphabet and the patriarchy but that's on a different podcast fuck that noise we're here to talk about about t2 so did this come out in the 80s or early 90s this movie was released July 3rd, 1991. Yeah, Cindy! I, I remember this movie being fucking huge So did you? Out. I do too. Huge. I rem- that's right. Off the top of my head, 1991. Um, did you see it in the theater? Yeah, 100%. Oh, wow. Okay. 100% is all this in the theater. I pulled my life behavior and grades together <laughs> how old were you at that point end of the school year i was 11 so Three. if i was 11 you were only like eight nine 90, 91 i was nine okay no shit i would have been eight i would have been eight because uh, i didn't turn nine until until august yeah august 30th uh shout out to last month's episode my dad took me to see this had a good dad, man. So, 1991, I was 11. You were uh, eight. You, eight. You were... For I was the, eight. You were essentially nine. I would have been nine that August. And what... Okay, so that is the first... The end of first George Bush. Right? We were... In, it was an election year. Nope. No, well, I mean, it was... 88. I mean, going into 92... If this came out in July. It would have been an election year. Yeah. Yeah. So this would have been the end of the first Bush. Uh, We would have started to know about Clinton. He would have played the saxophone. I was going to say, had he done that yet? I'm not sure. But here's here's what I do know happened in 1991. And 1991 was a crazy year that I didn't think was as crazy as it actually is. So the Gulf War and Operation Desert Storm happened in 1991. Then this was the year I performed in a talent show continue um the exxon paid one billion mm-hmm. for the exxon valdez oil spill cleanup which we're still dealing with today mm-hmm. germany formally regained full independence following world war ii in 1991 mm-hmm. the, remember that day yeah the dissolution of the soviet union was 1991 mm-hmm. uh apartheid ended mm-hmm. in 1991 a lot of really so, shitty things stopped happening in 1991 which is I cool. feel like we're due then. Uh-huh. Maybe 2001, you can uh, do it to it with us. Here's a weird 1991 fact I did not know until I looked this up. Throw it to me. Former U.S. President Zachary Taylor was exhumed to check DNA. if he had been killed with arsenic poisoning. Oh, and had he? No. I didn't think so. I just It's so weird that I that would was have like a thing. They, did, they dug him up to check. Uh, I thought it would have been like <laughs> yeah. parentage or something like that. And that was the year... 
that Magic Johnson announced he had it AIDS. AIDS. Ooh. And it made short work of him. Spoiler alert, it didn't. He's still alive. Yeah, he's Damn. still alive. He's he's fine. He's always been able to afford the AIDS cocktail that keeps people alive. He also wasted his name. He should have been a porn star. I totally agree. Uh, people that die... Or God, people that I will born say that it took Magic Johnson to, have, to happen for um, our government to do anything regarding... Until coronavirus, the worst pandemic ever. I don't think Magic Johnson was the reason they gave a shit. I think it was a change over to Clinton. I think Magic Johnson was the first time that a lot of people in America were like, "Oh, Mm -hmm. straight people catch this too." Mm -hmm. Because I think for the longest, well, obviously, he got it from a hooker. Longest time, people thought like AIDS only affected gay people. It was the gay plague, so everyone just gladly turned their heads and they're like, "It'll solve the gay problem." But the idea that anyone could catch it, I think shocked a lot of people especially a lot of people like middle america yeah it was a major storyline yeah. on uh what was that tv show uh with corky life goes on okay it, um, well i'm just it was a <laughs> it was a major plot point i do know a weird fact about magic johnson announcing his retirement and his aids diagnosis which is when he announced it larry bird apparently openly wept because he thought like his best friend in basketball and his like arch rival yeah um would be dead soon and it really yeah well then yeah that's what it it was a pretty the massive death sentence at the time man in the history of the nba larry bird all right so let's turn this shit back <laughs> to t2 so people that were born in 1991 <laughs> I just wrote down a couple names. Ed Sheeran and Tyler, the creator, were born in 1991. Okay. Uh, people that died in 1991. Audrey Hepburn? Gene Arthur. Michael Landon. Oh, I have... A, my family is very closely connected to Michael Landon. Um, Dr. Seuss. Oh, man. Red Fox. That's hard. And Freddie Mercury. That was the hardest. We're all 1991. 1991 was a bit of a turning year for old Cindy. Are you ready for the new words and phrases I discovered from 1991? Do it. That are, you want to talk about words and phrases that we've had on the show that just definitively define an era? Okay. How I think this will do early 90s. Rollerblade. Yes. And in your face. Nice. Yeah. How are those? Yeah, flashback yeah. to my neon green rollerblades. Um, <laughs> that I would scream while going down a bare, barely inclined driveway. Yeah, rollerblading. 91 was a, yeah, I think that was kind of a turn year for me. I think, so 91, summer of 91, I would have been halfway through being 11. I was 12. And I think that was kind of, even at the time I knew, like, oh, this is my last time as like a kid. You know? I think 1991 was a big year for a lot of things. Like, obviously, that for you. I think it was a banner year for the world. No. I mean, the end of the Soviet Union, end which of had been around forever, essentially. Um, apartheid ended. This whole... This is... 1991 not, not, is where we not, see... Hasn't been around forever. With I mean, the dissolution... in the 20s. Well, I'm saying, all, like, okay. people's lifetimes. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, people... In America, really, the idea of, like, super capitalism picks up about this time. Oh, like, yeah. You know, well, it defeated communism, so communism's the loser, so clearly it sucks. So we must be capitalism the right won, so it's just throw all in on capitalism. And the bubble begins. 
it will pop yeah. uh, within 15 years of that. Okay, so T2, other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, Judgment Linda Hamilton. Um, yeah, so Who else a, do we have? a couple people come back. Uh, not just those two, but a couple other people, but I'll save it for later, and you can watch the movie, and I don't want it to be surprises. Um, however, this movie is directed and co-written by James Cameron, mm-hmm. right? It's co-written by William Wisher, who helped uh, do the dialogue for okay. the original film. Notice his ex-wife, who is co-writer of the first one, she is no longer is there. an executive producer on this. Because they had divorced because he was hang- hooking up with Linda Hamilton. Yeah, so by this point, they were probably weren't on... Actually, I know they weren't on great terms. So she got <laughs> a producer credit because she owns half, half of the of intellectual it. property of Terminator. Yep. Um, yeah, it is really. So she got like an executive producer credit, which meant that she got the credit but didn't have to be there around him every day, which is probably the best working situation for both of them. Agreed. Um, the movie stars are Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the height of his I'll be Arnoldism. Back. Like, this is it. This is peak Arnold. Um, Terminator took off, I think, to a wider audience than Predator had. You know, like, those are his two big franchises at the time. I would say, if Arnold, God help us, if Arnold were to die today, Uh-oh. that everything would be Terminator. It's what we would talk exactly. about. That's what we wouldn't talk about Conan or Terminator and specifically. Cop. I mean, I would talk about Kindergarten Cop. I guarantee you almost every clip they would show would be from Terminator 2. Like, Terminator 2 is kind of the height of Arnold's career as an actor. I'm excited to see it. Okay. Uh, also, Linda Hamilton, who gets second billing in this movie. Arnold jumped up to that top Woo! billing. Um, she is back as Sarah Connor. Uh, we had Ed, little Eddie Furlong. Oh, that's the John name. Connor. I was trying to remember his name last yeah. uh, last year, last week. Uh, American History X. Yep. Pecker. He's a good time. He is, um, I don't like to mm. use the term crazy. He's not doing too hot. But I see him at conventions and... He's uh, not not doing super great. It seems like he's not taking care of his mental health. Uh, I think the last time he was in the media real big was when he was selling some of his teeth on eBay. Yeah, that was. Uh, he, what was that before or after he stole those lobsters from Walmart and tried to let them go? I think that was before. In the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, I like where his head's at. It's just his heart's in the right place. His head's not though. Yeah, I think is what you're like trying to just say. Cutting. Lobsters loose in the parking lot of a Walmart's probably not helping them in the long run. No, it's I not mean their habitat. What? Uh, and also, Robert Patrick is in this. Robert Patrick uh, was in the faculty. He's in one of I think the scariest movies of all time called Fire in the Sky. That movie fucking terrified me as a kid. Okay. And he's in We Are Marshall, the movie they shot in Huntington about cool. the Marshall football plane crash. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Way to call the Marshall football plane crash cool, Cindy. We have you on record. <laughs> I will bring this up forever now. Mm. Be my ringtone on my phone. I'm the one who gets to edit this one. <laughs> you being like, cool. Cool, bro. Cool story, bro. <laughs> I, uh... This movie is... I don't know how you've gone your entire life and not seen it. Uh, do I get to see a poster? I mean, I... Let me guess. Let me guess before I even look. There's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger with a red eye. And... Oh, yeah, it's him on a Harley. Black and white, Schwarzenegger. Tell me who the star of this movie Schwarzenegger. is. Schwarzenegger. His name's bigger than the fucking title. Yep. 
Judgment Day. At the very top of the poster. So we can probably get this movie anywhere. Uh, I own it on Blu-ray. Okay. <laughs> uh, as far as my idea, I mean, it's. I'm sure it's just going to follow. He's trying to kill Edward Furlong. And, yeah, and 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 mayhem ensues. Play Yakety Sax. I uh, I think you're gonna love this movie. A okay, lot. like I think. What's our runtime on this one? This movie is four and a half hours long. God damn it, Josh! This movie is two hours and like ten minutes long. Mm. But I think you'll love it. Okay, like, a lot. Like I have never been more comfortable saying pretty sure you're gonna love this movie than i have with this one all right well then join us won't you let's do it to it mind the doors same make these were taken at the west highland police station 1984 you were there same model these were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. You don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Look again. Stay down! Go! Now! We gotta stick together! Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. Hey guys, welcome back from Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This movie was... He is Bach. A really big part of my childhood. (laughs) This movie stands totally alone. You could easily see this and not see the first one uh it they're basically not really related and they just the keep re- recapping it I it's mean, basically the first one but in reverse without like he's being protected and the hamilton's boobies oh that that's sadly missing from this one 100 percent. but her twin was in this one i need to tell the story so i was in a situation as a teenager where i ended up in the er and I came to, and I was asked if I was okay. You know, are you okay? They're talking to you. It's today's date. What's your name? And I was I quoted as saying, I'm feeling okay, but I think I'm still dreaming. I think Terminator's here. Because my nurse 
was Lindsay Hamilton, <laughs> Linda Hamilton's twin sister. I didn't know anything about the movie, but I said, I think there's a Terminator here. And uh, in my head, like, she pops her head over and she's like, no, it's just me. But, like, I, I was out of it. I don't know what her response was. But it was her. And uh, she Probably was... Like, I get that a lot. Oh, for sure. My like, sister wasn't a Terminator. Identical. She was the future of the human... Yeah. Like, she was going to give birth to the future leader <laughs> of the human race. Uh, she passed away. Uh, a few weeks ago. Not fun fact. Not fun fact, but did you predict that? Josh, were you sent here from the future to make us do Terminator when Lindsay Hamilton dies? No. If I came from the future, I would have done a lot of things differently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I he says have, while staring uh, you did I would have not gone to college. I would have gone to trade school. Fuck yeah. I would be an electrician right now hosting a podcast making like 60 some dollars an hour. Without yeah. a mountain of fucking student loan debt. Oh, you're in such a good mood. Yeah. It, um, the past few weeks have been very stressful on me. They have. Uh, it's been a very Graduate stressful Graduate school. So we have the overarching umbrella that's in company, uh, you know, encompanying <laughs> our world of the pandemic. There's that. Then I think you turned accompanying and engulfing. And engulfing. Like and so then you started your new job. Yeah, we quit, both started quit my job of four years. Started a new job. I we both started graduate school. I am a teacher, and I have not been in a classroom since March thirteenth, twenty twenty, and I've been back in a classroom. However, I barely missed any time at all. <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm, <laughs> it's um, we're not in person. As teachers, we're told Saturday night whether or not we'll have students Monday or not. Spoiler alert, I am in person. Yeah, you are in person. Anywho, so we, it's been a little stressful. It's been a little crazy time, but definitely not as bad as life with Terminator. i got to say I really liked Edward Furlong in this. I thought he was kind of a very fun... Um, you should see him He now. was the perfect... <laughs> like, looking at him, I was like, oh, that is early 90s. They were like, Mom, we need to be a little more constructive right now, or whatever it was that he yeah. said. So he, that, is, uh, he is the perfect distillation of the early 90s, the same way that Bill Paxton's punk character in the original Terminator, uh-huh. with the oh, that, that was painted a on tire track over his face, yeah. is the perfect representation of the mid-80s. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just think of Edward Furlong. I thought you were going to go. He is the Corey Haim, Corey Feldman of the 90s. Like in the early 80s, Corey Feldman was everywhere. And then he kind of no. fell off. Yeah. No? Corey Edward Haim. Furlong was all over. I love I love Edward Furlong. I mean, he did some really good movies outside of Terminator. That's too. what I mean. Like However, he, he was in a lot of stuff and he kind of fell off. However. The Corys, Haim and Feldman, are once in a lifetime what? mutual Corey talents. They're eternal. They're the, I know. Well, but uh, even of them so. But even of them, Feldman had the more iconic roles, wouldn't you say? I mean, they did a lot of shit together. I, I think that... When I think of Corey I think Feldman, of Feldman, I think of... more for... Because he did a Goonies, little more horror shit. He did Stand By Me. He did Friday the 13th Part 4. 
<laughs> but anyway, like I think any child. And then Edward Furlong in the nineties, he was everywhere. He was not my cup of tea at that time. I, I was, as we all know from the Stepfather Part Two do you episode, have a favorite. I uh, I was heavily into my Jonathan Brandis phase. Do you have a favorite Ed, Edward Furlong movie that's not Terminator Two? I don't. I don't even know. I know he's been in a bunch, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. I really liked um, the John Waters movie Pecker, where he's like oh. the, the photographer kid. I have, I think I've only seen that movie one, yeah, yeah one yeah. time, maybe twice. I mean, honestly, like I think we got to see, and and I'm not dismissing like the claims of Does, awfulness that happened to the Corys. I'm sure awful shit did happen, and they deserve justice. But I feel like we still got a full career out of them for the most part. I think Edward, what Edward Furlong, I see him and I get frustrated because I'm like, what could have been. I am. If drugs hadn't have, like, taken a hold of him. This movie is about if the first movie was uh, the humans won the war, so the robots sent something back to kill the leader of the humans. This is the continuation of that. The le- Yeah, right? He sends a Terminator back to protect him and his mother because the machines have sent back a newer version of a Terminator to kill him when he's, you know, hanging out with Bobby Budnick uh, at, like, 15. And all the hijinks that ensue of trying to, like, it's no longer about trying to protect Sarah Connor and her son. It is now trying to prevent the machines from even being created. Am I good? What's IMDb say? uh, IMDb (laughs) says it's a cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor must now protect her teenage son, John, from a more advanced and powerful cyborg. And the more Ooh. and the more advanced and powerful cyborg is played by who? I want to get this name right. Robert Patrick? Is played by Robert Patrick. And he is liquidy metal. He can shapeshift. He can throw his voice. He can... Uh, like, what can't he do? Uh, more importantly, you're missing the most important thing about t-1000 about robert patrick so unlike the first movie where arnold spends all of his time dressed as like a punk because it's the 80s this time he's dressed like a leather daddy yeah but that's what i'm talking about the bad guy in the 80s movie from 84 right is a street punk and the bad guy is a fucking cop like he spends oh, yeah, the entire he always wears that cop uniform as a cop. He looks very sharp in it. But I mean, that's the that's where we were at. It's a, a very well tailored uniform. He, the cop is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like as opposed to the cops in the Terminator are ineffective. Right, and like, he in this they're laughably one. ineffective. In this one, they're actively the bad guys. So the T one thousand can shape shift into anything, and, he chooses and the f- to be yeah the cop. first thing that he kind of encounters is a is a cop, and he takes him on. My takeaway from this is it's a fun action movie. This was not horror, I don't think. This one didn't even have a jump scare in it. No, I mean it had some moments. That... I mean it had some gore when Robert Patrick turns his fingers into blades I think... and cuts through people's shoulders. I think this movie is more hopeful than the first one yeah it ends on a higher note and you also know that she has an arsenal and a half you know it's like oh what else has she got up her sleeve well let's talk about that let's okay. talk about sarah connor because she's a totally different woman what is who is the sarah connor of the first film 
She is... I don't even know what her job was, but she drove a Vespa. She had like a little librarian outfit. That was it. Yeah, she was a a bad waitress. She was just this little thing. And in this one, we learn that she has sacrificed everything. She would get involved with men, third degree black belt in karate, so that she could learn karate and teach her son karate and then move on to like a colonel in the army to learn discipline, you know, and she just. Her, she turned so, her whole life into protecting and training here, her son. Here's my theory on the point of this movie and the symbolism and the themes of this movie. Okay. Here we go. Go. Follow me down this hole. This movie, like the first movie, is about man versus machine, right? Right. Except this time, it's not about specifically just man versus machine. It's also old technology versus new technology. So we have that added layer. But here's the thing about Sarah and what I wanted to talk to you about and why I think this movie, I wanted to follow it from the original Terminator so we could talk about it, is in this movie, Sarah has become the machine. Because she... Her only goal, she has one goal. Like the Terminator in the very first movie had one goal, kill John. Right. She has one goal. Protect John. Protect John. Right, down. And then when she's given another goal of like, hey, we could actually stop the future. She's like, on it, I will go to Miles Bennett Dyson's house and I will fucking kill him. Yeah. And she can't quite go through with it because she's not fully a machine, but she is okay. going through the motions She's of definitely the been dehumanized. Yeah. She no longer has... Uh... That's why, I mean, the Terminators look just like us. And sound just like Because us. they are us. Because they represent us and our potential for self-destruction. And there's a lot of potential there. Why? That's why he shows those two kids in the, in the front of the gas station with the guns and they're shooting each other. It's like, hey, I killed you. No, I killed you. Yeah. I killed you. No, I killed you. I do think this movie's more hopeful because, the obviously, the ending. But the whole purpose of this movie, the whole like subplot of this movie is her getting her son back. The machine becomes more human. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like she learns to be human again. And he learns how to by watching him interact with her son. I know why you cry. Right? Like he right. can never fully be human, but there for a while he's more human than she is. Right. Huh. And it takes him learning how to be human from John Connor to, to reestablish her humanity and be a mom again, not just like I'm your drill instructor and I'm a person who's going to make sure you're alive. Like when he saves her from the Pescadero State Mental Hospital, uh-huh. she's fucking angry at him, even yeah. though she was going to die. Like the T1000 was going to just show up and kill her. Like she that was gets his mad plan. at him for doing that, for coming because, after her. Because like you can't put yourself in that kind of danger, and he starts crying, and Arnold's the only one that notices. Right? Oh, yeah. When he's in the backseat and he's crying, she's just like, she looks at him and she's like, what's your story? And Arnold's like, you know, what are those things coming out of your eyes? Like, why? 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 He's the... James Cameron is happy with you. Sounds like you got it. curiosity and then learning how to be human from John Connor is what brings Sarah back from being... To almost a machine. An unfeeling machine. Okay. Um, you can hear it. Okay. In her, in her, what is it, the line, I wrote the line down. She says, if a machine can learn the value of human life, maybe we can too. Oh. So. That was at the very end. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This is one of the few movies that every time. You get a little weepy. Arnold goes in the molten metal and gives the thumbs up. I cry a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Do you cry a little bit? Because you, because <laughs> I'm like, man, I just—he's like the perfect dad in this movie. 
right? Like you think I mean, that's what you're upset about. I, no, when I was younger, like I just I, I loved him so much I didn't want him to die, and it sucked. But as I get older, it's sadder on a whole nother level because I just imagine John Connor has kicked around in all these like shitty homes because Sarah's trying to force all this like stuff on him yeah. and then she gets locked up and they're like hey um your mom's fucking crazy and he even brings it up he's like you know yeah she's sorry your mom's fucking nuts and then he gets probably shuffled through foster homes with people that barely care about and that was one of the ways that he knew there was a fake was that the foster mom was so sweet and nice yeah and he was like Like, she would never be this nice there's something wrong here just and then he finally finds a parent who loves him and yeah, that he has parent to go. brings his mom back to being the mom who loves him too and it i feel like he almost thinks he can have a whole family and for a minute he does and then but it's Arnold all taken has from to him die for the future to die yeah and I, that really bums me out i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah no no you brought now you brought the podcast back down oh <laughs> this movie does not fit i don't think the arc of formula oh, i disagree well they're okay <laughs> i think other than the nudity i think this tease all the boxes but i mean it's not okay so if we go by the samuel Zarkov acronym for a good exploitation movie arkov action yes revolutionary it's a sequel it's not a revolutionary idea yeah also weirdly like the t-1000 was supposed to be in the first film like, did they not have the tech? Did they not have the technology for it, or didn't have the budget? Had, both? He had the idea to do like Terminator and Terminator Two as one like giant film, and as he was writing it, studios were like, "We can no one can afford this, bro." So he basically Reel had Reel to drop T one thousand and bring, and bring him back it in for later. The sequel. And he is like he had to help create a lot of the technology they used. Well, that's to make which would become kind of par for the course. For James Cameron, he always makes the vision and then figures out yeah. how to do it from Titanic. Um, I think I'll give him a, that. I think this is a good time to say if James Cameron is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know I'm a fan. We've done the Abyss, Terminator, and Terminator Two. Obviously, yes. Bro, stop making Avatar movies. Yeah, we're good. And make something like this again. Just do that, or make another Alien movie, or make something totally new. Like I don't want sequels like that. No thanks. Of Avatar. Of the, yeah. Uh, lots of killing. Lots of killing in this one. A lot more. I think there's a lot more blood and gore in the, yeah. that side. Oratory, this movie spawned a line that was <laughs> A mimicked. million t-shirts. Yeah. Have you seen this boy? It was even, that scene was mimicked with the same character in Wayne's World. Was it Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2? And they get pulled over by T-1000. He's like, have you seen this boy? And they go, ah. That is Wayne's World 1 when they're going to the Aerosmith concert. No. Yeah. Whatever. Continue. But, I mean, like, this movie. I used to love that movie. So permeated the zeitgeist and everyone. Yes. Everyone saw this movie. Yes. Like, it, Except for me. I, I'm, yeah, I don't know how you missed it. I'm I, good. I remember, like, going to the theater to watch this. Like, it was a big deal. This movie was huge and then fantasy and fornication there's no real sex in this one no but there's a lot of fantasy yeah so if this if we're talking that this is part of like the first movie like it's all kind of rolled together it fits um, it checks all the boxes a million times over give me some trivia there must be a 
ton. Oh my god, we could spend the next hour. Well, is there any like trivia. super good ones that? Um, uh, I know that Robert Patrick trained a lot. He ran a lot. Well, because he had to. And not... Trained himself to breathe only through his nose yeah. when he ran, so he'd look more like a machine. He didn't want to be like. I noticed that. <sighs> like so, he. He didn't he, want to be me yeah, going up the, the entire stairs. time. He's running, mouth closed like a G. Mm-hmm. He's a super fucking nice guy, by the way. And he's in one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. What movie is that? Fire in the Sky. Oh. That movie is a nightmare. Give me some more. So the production shoot took so long that Edward Furlong visibly aged during the shoot. And he is much younger in the scene in the desert than in the other scenes. I don't even, I don't think yeah, I even knew this. His voice began to break and he had to be pitched to one, um, he had to be pitched up one level in post-production. Oh. So it would all match. Yep. Uh, well, that's... And then they had to, way later, that is start bringing in a stand-in or having him dig a hole and having him stand in a hole when he stood next to Linda Hamilton. Because he was getting too tall. Because, yeah, he was starting to grow. That's a sign that you're taking too long, Jimmy boy. Yep. For the L.A. River sequence, the yep, famous the, one where... where it was right, the yeah, the semi and all that. Yep. Arnold was in, like, a shitload of pain because he could not wear a glove while he was cocking the gun. So his fingers would get stuck in the mechanism as he would, like, try to oh. flip the gun. Yep. Uh, he tore the skin from his fingers and apparently fucked his hand up a couple times before he got the hang of it. Uh, okay. All for the art. So until The Born Ultimatum and Mad Max Fury Road, this was the only sequel to win an Academy Award when the previous installments received zero nominations. What did it win? I think it was visual effects. Yeah, I can see that. That mer- that Mercury scene's epic. Yeah, Carol Co. Studio executives were nervous about the original budget, which was $75 million, and it ballooned to $88 million. Uh, in order to keep the budget manageable, they proposed to eliminate a few scenes. They wanted to eliminate the biker bar in the opening. Okay. They tried to get Arnold to persuade James Cameron to remove the scene, but Schwarzenegger turned them down and told them only a studio guy would cut a scene like that out. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I I can see how it could easily be cut, but uh, according, it's a it's a fun scene. Yeah, according to Cameron, Linda Hamilton suffered permanent hearing loss in one ear during the elevator shootout because she did not replace her earplugs after removing them between takes, and they were firing fucking in that tiny guns little space in that elevator. Yeah. Oh wow, that sucks. Apparently, when they were shooting the biker bar, mm-hmm. they had a couple people wander in. And not realize what was going on. uh, And they had to be like ushered out. Like everything's fine here. You see nothing. You see nothing. That was the thing. Industrial Light Magic Computer Graphics Department had to grow from six artists to thirty six to accommodate all of the technology required to bring T one thousand to life. And it cost about five and a half million dollars in about eight months to produce three and a half minutes of like the t1000 the liquid time footage like, yeah. yeah whenever he would like move and be liquid and move through shit that's cool i mean that's expensive as hell but that's really cool linda hamilton learned to pick locks and that was her that actually picked that lock in the hospital nice that was a thing and it's weird because when you hear it you're like yeah so robert patrick based his movements on a bald eagle and that's even why his hair looks like that feathered like it is he does kind of look like uh he turns his head like, if you notice the way he moves, he moves his head. Very bird And then his body follows the head. Yeah. Okay. A couple other things. There's so much trivia for this. I'm not going to spend the entire time talking about it, though. It's the top grossing rated R action film of all time. Adjusted box office. Yeah, that's a given. This was a beloved franchise and movie. Yeah. There were toys. For this. Yes. <laughs> Just like, uh, I don't think there was that many for the first film. 
There were for this one. A shitload of merchandising. So originally, the plan was, at least as far as I understand it, they were going to bring Michael Bean back. All right. To play T one thousand. Like, I hear Michael Bean's kind of an asshole. But the whole plan was they wanted to send something, a Terminator back, because they could mimic anything. Right. That would go back in time as Michael Bean and be the bad guy this time, because it would try to trick Sarah. Into thinking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be really confusing as an audience member. Yeah. I'm going to um, advocate for not doing that. Here is a stat, and <laughs> I think this is a really good one to kind of go out on. Because like All I right. said, there's we could do trivia about this forever, but... Given Arnold Schwarzenegger's $15 million salary for this movie, that's what right. he got paid, and his total of 700 words of dialogue. How much did he get paid he per word? He was paid $21,429 per word. And Asta La Vista Baby cost $85,716. Ladies and gentlemen, I make $46 an hour. <laughs> Let's put that. I mean, I'm a. Teacher of children, that's how like <laughs> he makes five figures per word. Yeah. I make God, under damn. 50 a I love him, though. An hour. I love that man. This is definitely a movie that you'll watch again. Yes, I'll watch it with my kids. You know, it, it because it's it's a cultural phenomenon. It's, I mean, even I, uh, in the first one we talked about, there were just certain things I never realized I missed in, like, references and allusions and other things that going back to this... So, what, what's next week's episode? So, next week would be week three of Time yep, Travel. because we've done T1 and T2. Are we going to do since, T3 and T4? No, never. <laughs> Maybe an episode. Since Cindy has so pointedly stated that this wasn't even a horror movie. It wasn't even a horror movie. Horror movie. Horror Let's that. watch a horror movie. No, I don't want to do that. Let's watch Time Crimes. It's a Spanish time, crimes. time travel horror Gem. Oh, I thought it was the Carmen San Diego joint. Okay, well, until where, then. Where in the world is Tom Crimes? <laughs> All right, well, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. And Terminator 2 fucking rocks, man. <laughs> <laughs>